Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The Great Northern Grain Elevator. Now, we saw a lot of uh, wind damage. Talks a lot about the wind yesterday, Joe. Uh, but this is one that I, it was almost unbelievable to see. Uh, kind of just like the uh, damage that was done to the woman's house right on the shore of Lake Erie. That's right. Where an entire wall just, poof, it's gone. Uh, wind caused damage to the north wall of the Great Northern Grain Elevator. It's owned by ADM Milling Company and basically just blew an entire hole into the side of the building. It's really um, amazing if you, if you think about it. I To think that wind can do that. But as I talked about the chimney around the corner from That's me, right. it really says more about the construction and the upkeep of the structure than it does about the windstorm, That's right? right? A chimney should withstand wind. Um, a grain elevator should withstand wind, even if it is gusting to 70 miles an hour. Right. Uh, it, it has more to do with the upkeep. Well, now there is the call to restore this, and we want to bring in, when we talk about restoration, we want to bring in the person who knows uh, more about these structures than, well, just about anybody. That's uh, Tim Thielman, who is uh, joining us live now on the line. Uh, Tim, the Great Northern Grain Elevator, I think people can know what we're talking about if they had a picture, uh, but where is it and what is it? Why is this the great one? Yeah, yeah. First off, uh, good morning and thanks for having me. Um, the Great Northern is really, uh, it's the first elevator that people on the lake, uh, a sailor or a uh, lake freighter is going to see on the horizon. It's a giant brick box. That is uh, the best way to describe it. It's about uh, 300 feet long, about 70 feet uh, wide and about um, 100 feet high. And it's a it's a really magnificent structure, uh, you know, pioneering uh, type of grain elevator, and has been on the waterfront since 1897. Tim, it's, oh, it's so it's a big one. It's the first one that people see. Is it like the first one that was ever built? No, as you know, uh, you know Joseph Dart invented the grain elevator in Buffalo uh, in 1842. So there were a series of wooden grain elevators. But the problem with wooden elevators is number one, grain dust is combustible; that explodes, they burn down, and uh, wooden grain bins can't hold a lot of grain. But the Great Northern was a really huge advance because. A wooden grain bin can hold maybe 5,000 bushels, and each bin, and there are um, 30 giant uh, 
bins there can hold 78,000 bushels of grain. So it was a huge advance, and it told people that, listen, the best, most economical way to store grain is in a tall cylinder, and that's what gave the world the thing we know is the grain elevator today. So it wasn't the first, but it was uh, one of uh, the first that was operated with electrical power, famously AC power from Nikola Tesla's um, dynamos in Niagara Falls, which really proved to the world that AC power was going to be uh, the method of electrifying the planet. Uh, You could transmit AC power a long distance, and proof of the concept was electrifying Ganson Street and the Great Northern and Electric Grain Elevator. So this is, and you know, before we get into the now part of it, I think it is kind of interesting to note that it's not the first time that the wind has blown a big hole in this building. You, you know, very good point. Exactly, there was a Titanic. Uh, storm. Uh, people called it a cyclone in 1907, which was only 10 years after the elevator opened. And the wind pressure created some movement in, um, you know, probably one of the long walls pressing on the short wall on the south end and blew out a hole, which is a virtual mirror image of what happened on Saturday. So um, there's precedent. It happened before. And, of course, no one talks about it um, now because it was patched up and fixed and they were ready to rock uh, right away. And this is really critical. It has nothing to do with the structural ability of the elevator to stand because it's not part of the uh, structure. uh, It's not part of the um, uh, physical uh, structure of the building that keeps it up. What keeps it up is a steel frame and actually the steel bins themselves. That roof you see on it, which is iconic, it's a four-story high roof, uh, that's supported actually by the steel bins underneath. The walls were designed by the engineer simply at, to protect it from solar radiation. He wasn't sure how, you know, heating up in the sun would affect uh, the steel bins and a bit of uh, a rain screen uh, to protect it from rusting. So structurally, it has nothing to do with the elevator standing. So, Tim, that's what happened 10, uh, 10 years after it opened in 1907. What happened on Saturday night to, uh, to get to the picture that we are at now uh, at the uh, grain elevator? Well, uh, you, you know, uh, it has to be explored. Uh, uh, if the opportunity arises, we'll hire our own structural engineer to look at it. But of course, ADM has an engineer looking at it, and the city is looking at it as well. Um, yes, high winds, but I think everybody who, who walks by, drives by, can look at the elevator and understand that the owner um, hasn't maintained it a lick in uh over 30 years you're kidding that is a a terrible sore point it's a city landmark you can see you know you me and everyone else uh in buffalo or wherever you live is required to maintain gutters and downspouts that's a real fundamental thing and uh adm which is a gigantic 
conglomerate. The, you know, it has revenues of $60 billion a year, profits of $16 billion. Um, won't spend a nickel on maintenance because it's wanted to demolish this building for over 30 years. And thus far, the city, uh, the only citation that building has ever received, to our knowledge, is just what happened because of the uh, wall collapse um, yesterday. So, or rather, the wall collapse Saturday, but I think yesterday they received a... Um, uh, in order to repair, um, you know, the emergency repair, which means make sure no more bricks fall from it, um, secure the premises. So, Tim, ADM uh, moved out of there in 1981, but they still own the structure? Um, well, previous to that, it was owned by the Pillsbury Company. They owned that elevator. They owned the standard elevator on uh, the Buffalo River and the flour mill. Um they tried, you know, various union-busting tactics, in fact, and so they they stopped using that elevator in 1981, and since then, grain has been trucked across the Buffalo River. If you're there, you'll see these grain trucks moving back and forth uh, during the day. Um, they use the standard to store their wheat. ADM bought it in 1993, and right off the bat, they wanted to demolish it. And, you know, part of it, you know, in there is, geez, we want to get rid of the union jobs of the Grain Shovelers Union, the the Teamsters, which do the trucking, and automate, in fact, the entire elevator, which would eliminate more jobs. Um, So that's the issue. The grain elevator got caught up in that um, uh um, action and um, so ADM's owned in since 1993, but um, they have done no maintenance since then. All right, so now we'll fast forward to what's happened over the last few days. So you have this big hulking hole in a building that has not really been maintained at all in the last 30 years. I, I mean, it's a it's a big, ugly brick structure right now is what it is. Um, So I think we're at this crossroads when it comes to this grain elevator. And and Tim, I think it opens up the discussion to a lot of the grain elevators we've seen. I, on one hand, it's an important part of the history of the Buffalo community, Uh, the grain elevators and, and everything along the Buffalo river. On the other you want to see these things preserved and used. And if both aren't happening, is it worth having them stay up there and stick around? What would you like to see happen to this building? Well, well, that's an excellent question. And the, you know, first off, um, we have to look at the affected neighborhood. That's the old first ward, you know, uh, kind of a legendary neighborhood in Buffalo for, uh, you know, the grain elevators and uh, the Buffalo River, the canals, um, the small manufacturing places. And it's a unique place. And it's not just unique within Buffalo. It's unique within the United States. It's a very important cultural landscape, which is largely defined by these really amazing structures all in one place. It's not geez, the Great Northern is great, or Concrete Central is great, or 
whatever. It's the combination of all of them along the city ship canal, along the Buffalo River that, you know, I've led for uh, 35 years um, student groups and academic groups, architectural writers from around the world, around Buffalo. And what blows them away uh, to, to a person are the grain elevators. And so it is important to the identity of the city, and it's one of the images that we actually export uh, to the world. So it, it, it's, it's important to us culturally, and, you know, we can't just look at this as ADM's economics. ADM, you know, they, they could pay to fix this. Their insurance would pay to fix it. You know, it's crumbs off the tabletop for them. But for us, it's much more significant. And, you know, the, um, it was the largest grain elevator in the world. When Niagara Falls was being electrified and all these things were happening, this elevator appeared on the cover of Scientific American as, you know, the, uh, the fruit of the new industrial electrical age in America. Christmas Day, 1897, the cover is the Great Northern Elevator going up in, in Buffalo, New York. Uh, you know, it's a fantastic piece of our industrial and social history, and we simply can't let it go. It, 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 and you, you, you know what? Um, if you look at the location and everything, it's not standing in anybody's way. It could be uh, restored. It must be restored. It's a city of Buffalo landmark. Uh, we have a, uh, an owner who has been grossly negligent. And it, really, the fate of this, guys, is in Mayor Brown's hands. I, I mean, ADM's a giant company. They couldn't care less, <laughs> really, uh, about uh, Buffalo, in a sense. And uh, the mayor's got to stand up for us and say, listen, this is important to us. The mayor has the tools to compel the restoration of this elevator to the state where um, – one would expect every citizen to maintain their property. And, you, you know, uh, we've had buildings collapse. Uh, Ellicott Street, Oak Street. Uh, we're looking at the cobblestone historic buildings, which are being uh, neglected. Um, this, this, unfortunately, is happening at a gathering pace. And we can't – one of the fundamental things for a city is, hey, make sure your buildings don't collapse. Well, you know, Tim, I think the – the big question here, though, is it would be great to have all these buildings up forever and to you know maintain that historic structure if if they're used, right? Um, I mean, is it worth keeping a building? And you know, congratulations on the magazine cover a hundred years ago. But is it worth keeping a building if it's not going to be used for anything? You know, we do it every day. I mean, thousands of landmarks, whether they're museums or, or buildings or uh, whatever, have, quote, no economic use and that they're not being used for the purposes for which they were built. But society um, deems it important to save. I, I mean, it, it, you know, if you think about the Roman Colosseum or the pyramids, they're ruins. They haven't been used economically in 2,000 years and 4,000 years. But they become so important uh, for other reasons, socially, culturally, touristically. 
I, I, I mean, uh, so there are things that are important to save. And, um, you know, this unique cultural landscape on the Buffalo River is uh, woven into the warp and weft of, you know, certainly people who grew up in the old First Ward, who labored, uh, you know, on the Buffalo River and the City Ship Canal. And today, but by the way, these things are positive assets for the uh, Convention and Visitors Bureau. <laughs> I mean, walk around the streets of downtown Buffalo and you see photographs of people kayaking in this otherworldly landscape uh, that's defined by the grain elevators. I, I, it's, it's a really unique asset that we owe it to ourselves to save um, because, believe it or not, other people from other places um, come and appreciate this, and they go home and they tell their friends. And, you know, it's, yes, we have buildings by Frank Lloyd Wright. We have buildings by Lewis Sullivan, but so do other cities. No other city on earth has a collection of grain elevators like Buffalo's. It was the largest uh, grain uh, storage and grain milling city on planet earth <laughs> you, you know if that's not important to save if that's not an argument uh, upon which to base a future economy um i don't know what is and if you go to riverworks the entire magic of riverworks the recreational complex on the buffalo river is the uh, you're embedded within this wild industrial landscape and that's that's thriving even by the way guys when I was down there on Saturday night, holy smokes, was it blowing out there. Riverworks was going full steam. No, and Tim, Riverworks is is great, and it's uh, it's great to look out there and see everything on the waterfront. But let me ask you this, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of money to repair the damage. In your eyes, is there something that could be done within the structure? So yes, the, the, you want to save the structure. People want like to uh, like to go buy it, take pictures near it. Is there anything that could be done where people could go inside, where it could be made something that would sustain itself, uh, not just sit empty on the waterfront? Yeah, you, you, you know what? Um, a couple of things that, that that's someone once said to me. You know, Tim, if you look at these elevators, what you have is just a very deep foundation. And uh, so you could use the ground floor because, for example, this is um, there's like a steel chassis and these giant uh, bins are, are resting on top of that. So you can walk on a very large area underneath the bins and you can look straight up and, uh, and see these uh, towering uh, vessels. And then, of course, on the top, you, you, it could be modified so people can go in the working house at the top. And those are the prime areas, your ground floor and your top floor. And those both can be utilized creatively. I mean, it would be absolutely wild to be able to, uh, you know, go in there and you can put it's a big space, obviously. So you can do some really wonderful things. And, um, you know, uh, up above, you're 100 feet and more above the landscape and the views uh, from up there are truly spectacular. And those are big revenue producing things. So a creative uh, owner or a creative city that, uh, you know, nudges people along to this end uh, can achieve a really good outcome 
that um, can also produce um, economic benefits, job benefits uh, for the city. But, you know, you wonder whether ADM is the type of company that's going to do that. They're into moving big amounts of grain, pervert, uh, perverting it, uh, converting it into things like corn syrup and stuff. They're not urban visionaries. And so I, I think the Great Northern and maybe some other elevators, they need a, some concerted thinking perhaps led by the city or our congressional delegation. Brian Higgins uh, uh, is contacting the chairman of ADM, uh, urging him to, you know, do repairs quickly uh, and meet on future uses. Uh, Before him, Jack Quinn and going back to Henry Nowak have been very supportive of uh, keeping the Great Northern specifically. I mean, they've all been photographed uh, with uh, the Great Northern uh, there in the background. So we have a 35-year uh, history of very strong support at the uh, federal level. Well, hey, Tim, unfortunately, we're uh, running out of time and up against it here. But do want to thank you for joining us and kind of shedding some uh, historical light on the situation. Great Northern Grain Elevator we're talking about, which suffered a, a big blow in the windstorm. And Tim Thielman, uh, historian, preservationist, has been our guest. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.